Hello, my lovelies. You are now listening to The Vow, Voice of Women. The intention of this podcast is to empower women through sharing of real life stories. We have a fab lineup of inspiring, kick-ass, real, dedicated women. We're going to get down and dirty. What has made these women successful? What makes them tick? How do they handle conflict? And what might they eat in a day? So here we go. I am so excited today to have Verna Marzo sitting across from me. Welcome, Verna. Thank you so much, Tanya. And for our listeners who obviously can't see, uh, Verna's very good friend Marizan is also here, who has played a very big part in Verna's life. You're going to hear all about her as well. So before we start this uh, very uplifting and empowering podcast, let's have a little fun. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. Black or white? White. Yoga pants or jeans? Ketchup or mustard? Mustard. Money or fame? Fame. (laughs) (laughs) Puzzles or board games? Board games. Flowers or trees? Trees. Milk or juice? Milk. Milk. (laughs) (laughs) That's very fine. Milk. Okay, we're going to get right into this. So... Verna's story is one of the most incredible stories I have ever heard, and I don't say this lightly. And um, I've known Verna for a number of years, and uh, I've, as more of an outsider, been able to walk this journey with her. And uh, I'm just so honored that you're here today, Verna. So thank you for being here to share your story. It's an honor to to be here, Tanya. (laughs) So let's get right into this. So before you share your journey with us, tell us a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, and how long you've lived in the city. I was born and raised in the Philippines. I finished my studies there as well. I've been very active ever since. I remember when I was six years old, that was the first time I jumped out of a suspension bridge (laughs) with my brother. (laughs) How old were you? Six. Oh my goodness. Yes, and then I came here in Calgary 2001. And were you here, did you immigrate here on your own or were you with family or? I came here under the Live and Caregiver program. Okay, so and had you been a nanny uh, somewhere else before you came to Calgary or did you come right from the Philippines? Right from the Philippines. Oh, you did? Yes. And what was it like, you know, when you flew into Calgary, arrived, came to your new home? What was that experience like? It is shocking because in the Philippines, there's a lot of people here. There's only few. (laughs) And you can see a lot of people even though it's 12 o'clock midnight, but here, not that much. And of course, culture shock, um, food shock (laughs) in the Philippines. I can remember that, you know, raw foods like uh, grasses, only goat eat. Here, I can see people eat raw leaves. (laughs) that salad we don't eat raw really no yes. raw a lot yeah. of deep fried stuff don't you too in the philippines and boiled uh, um, a lot of boiled, uh, boiled in the north part of philippines okay. yeah and so how long did you nanny for from like were you nannying from 2001 until you know a few years ago uh yes until 
cannot remember, <laughs> but it's long. Yeah. Wow. And mm-hmm. and so and then how often did you journey back to the Philippines within that time period? Did you go once every couple years or? Uh, after ten months staying here in Calgary, I went back home, and then that's the time that I decided to travel the world. Okay. Yes. So you were, but Calgary was still your home. Yes, platform. I always come back to Calgary. Yeah, I love Calgary. You love Calgary. Yeah, uh, it's your home now. It <laughs> is my home. Yes. <laughs> and so you have one brother. Mm-hmm. And your mom and dad. Yes. And how often do you get to see them? Last year, I saw my mom, my parents. Yeah. You did. January, and I'm planning again to go this July, but. I'm thinking twice because of the virus. Oh, fair. Yes, the yeah. coronavirus. Well, and is your brother in the Philippines or is he here? In the Philippines. Okay. All right. So you moved to Calgary in 2001. You um, are a caregiver to a family. You decide to travel the world. Calgary's still your platform. Share with us how your life dramatically changed three years ago. And share with us the, the story, the whole story. Okay. Um... It was March 2017 when I was rushed to the hospital. It's because of the endometriosis. Uh, I had cysts that ruptured. And the doctor thought that when they remove the entire uterus, uh, I will get better. But then the following day, I got worse. So I was given 10% chance to survive. And then they check again. I was septic. So they have to remove my large intestine. And, and then they have... The following day, I was given 2% chance to survive. So that was the beginning of this long journey. And they thought that I will be in a coma for at least a month or two. I will be in dialysis for the rest of my life. Uh, And that didn't happen. (laughs) I'm not on dialysis anymore. Uh, When I left the hospital, I've got... I was given 20% uh, of my kidney functioning, but now it improved to 50%. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so you're going through this. How long were you in the hospital for at, to this point, like to that particular point that you just described, your 50% kidney function? How long had you been in the hospital for? I stayed in the hospital for 263 days. And then I was moved to Fanning Center Rehab for a year, more than a year. And so share with us, Verna, because this is a podcast and you're not on stage where people can see you. Mm -hmm. Share with us why you were in the hospital for 263 days and then in the Fanning Center for a year. What happened to you? Of course, the doctor decided to... I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because of because of the septic shock, my heart cannot pump the blood anymore to my limbs. So my limbs died. So they have to remove my l- left arm first, and then second the right arm, and then legs. Uh, because the severity of the septic shock, it affected my, all my organs: my heart, my kidney, my lungs, my liver, my brain my eyes. When I was in the hospital, um, the infection went to my brain, so I had, uh, uh, what do you call that? Mm. 
abscess in my brain and then I have also blood clots in my brain and that affected my vision so I lost my sight at that time too wow yeah but so, now I can see you yes <laughs> and I can see you it's wonderful mm -hmm. well I um I remember that day and uh I'll try to not get emotional about it but um, Marizen who is here with you and a dear mm -hmm. friend very dear. Very yeah. dear, your bestie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Marizen was with us in Phoenix because at the time Marizen was the caregiver to our children. And Marizen was very distraught and said, Tanya, may I go home because Verna's in the hospital and she might be dying. And we said, absolutely. And, you know, got her on that flight. I think it was that night or early the next morning. I don't remember. And then really just heard your story through Marizen. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't imagine the trauma that you went through and what that was like with such a long recovery. I mean, it's not like you went in and, you know, you were septic and then uh -huh. they got you better and you came back out. You came back out mm -hmm. a changed person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so talk to us about um, when you were in that bed and they were, were you aware uh, that, you were going to have your limbs amputated was that something that you were able to understand just because you were so ill yes okay. yes the doctor talked to me because the doctor asked my family and my friends uh if they can remove my limbs and they said that they cannot answer that it's only for now who can answer that so the doctor explained to me and i said just do whatever you can you can do to just survive. remove it yeah and i will deal later yes. yeah. <laughs> and that's what i did and so what were the what was what was going through your head at that point when he was telling you that and and to my recollection if i can just back up a bit i remember marizen it, it seemed like it it didn't all happen at once it was like one arm and then maybe the other and then mm -hmm. maybe the legs so it's not like it all happened at one point so mm -hmm. how are you processing that in your head as each day goes by and it's like oh another limb like how did you get through that i I thank God for for him in my life. Mm -hmm. It's my it's my uh, faith that gave me the strength to go through with all those losses that I mm -hmm. had. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I so a neighbor of mine, and I don't know if I ever told you this, was a social worker, and she was mm -hmm. a social worker. Mm -hmm. um, at the time that you were in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, but she was my neighbor before we moved and became a very, was a very dear friend of mine and said that she has never seen a patient have so many friends rally mm -hmm. around her. She said it was, we truly, that the staff at the hospital truly believed that outside of Verna's persistence to live, mm -hmm. it was her friends, their undying support. She said, we've never had one patient have so many friends come and support her on a daily basis. It was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And we truly believe that that was one of the reasons that Verna got through this. So can you speak to that? Yes, I'm very, very thankful for that team Verna. That's how they call themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Because at the weakest point of my life, they became my strength. They shared their strength to me. Mm -hmm. Basically, they form a team that uh, one person is in charge with my finances, 
with my business and then one person is in charge with all the paperwork. Um, one person is in charge with legal stuff. One person is in charge with uh, meeting with the doctors, making sure that they, that they are working together as a team. And they said that I should not think of anything else except for getting better mm. because everything that I'm sh I should be taking care of, it's already taken care of by them. So everything is taken care of. That is amazing. So I don't need, I don't need to think of anything else except to get better. And then when I get better, they gave it to me, they gave the responsibility to me one by one. Mm. Eased you back into it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. You all, you had like your own, what I would say, PAEA, your own executive assistant, yeah. and your own personal <laughs> assistant for a yes. couple of years. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, yeah. I mean, that's incredible. And I remember, you know, this gal just, she just couldn't believe it. She's like, we've never seen anything like this where, mm -hmm. you know, one patient had so many, not even family, but mm -hmm. friends, yes. yeah, friends come they... together and rally for your, your mm -hmm. life and for your healing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they'd come and play music mm -hmm. and make yeah. you laugh. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. They come every day. They bring, they bring foods and they eat together. Even though I cannot eat, they will just bring it to my room and they will just eat and laugh. I can laugh with them. Yes. Yeah, and Marizen, she always comes in the morning and play guitar. She uh -huh. sings for me while I'm having dialysis because uh -huh. dialysis is so boring. Uh. Four hours every morning and I'm not allowed to eat. So oh when goodness. I, by the time I eat, it will be lunchtime. So. Wow. Yeah, I remember, you know, back then when, when she went to the hospital a lot and I just always thought how, well, I wasn't surprised it was Marizen and she's a, a just a caregiver by nature. So mm -hmm. the fact that she was there for you, I wasn't surprised at all. And we were so happy that she could be there for you and that you had her there mm -hmm. as well. And so talk to us um, after you got out of the hospital after, was it 263 days? Yes. You went to the Fanning Center. And so how, how, what was that rehabilitation and recovery like for you? First, first day at Fanning Center, I said to myself, I don't like it here. And I cried a lot because I, it's not a very encouraging environment. Mm -hmm. It's just like all of the people there, they already surrendered. Mm -hmm. No more hope for them. That's how I see it. But then uh, I prayed to God and then he shifted the way how I think. Because I asked him, I want, I want to see the way how you see it. So he showed it to me that why I'm there, it's because of the rehab. If I will go home in my own house, I will just be given like twice a week rehab for about 30, 30 to one hour. But at Fanning Center, I can, can have a rehab in the morning, then I can use the gym in the afternoon. So I have a lot of time so after three months of rehab, I was able to walk without the help of other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. What did that feel like? Oh, freedom. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. So after I was able to walk, and then I saw Ellen DeGeneres came here in Calgary. She's like, Lord, I want to go see her. And I don't have the money because uh, it was so expensive. And then... 
I saw an advertisement on TV that you have to send the video dancing and then they will judge if you will win or what and then yeah. You won. <laughs> I you won. won a ticket. And not only did you win a ticket to Ellen, tell us what else. Uh, it's a meet and greet with Ellen. And then she gave me a necklace and I have to sit in front of the show. Oh, wow. Yeah, what a amazing. dream come true. Yes. Right? <laughs> I love Ellen too. She warms my heart. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a great experience. Uh-huh. Was there any part of your journey probably even more so at the beginning where you felt like giving up? There are times uh, when I'm left alone in my room. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is when I was still in the hospital. Then I said to God that, Lord, I'm sure there will be people that will gonna die in the hospital. Can you just take me and just let them leave? And then I wake up in the morning. Oh, I am alive. (laughs) (laughs) I pray again at night. (laughs) Then I wake up again (laughs) until I came to the point. Okay, all right, let's do this, God. What do you want me to do? So I asked my therapist, uh, what are the things I can do? And she told me one by one. And she said that it takes a lot of hard work. So I work really, really hard. Yeah. I'm just processing everything you're telling me. So you just said something else that I think is important for our listeners. Um, And whether you've lost a limb or you've lost someone close in your life, I mean, you talked about having a therapist. So Mm -hmm. you you had or have a therapist. And how has that helped you get through this? I'm glad that my my physical therapist, uh, we met when I was still in ICU and it's supposed to be that they shuffle their, uh, their, uh, their schedule every quarterly. But whenever I move, she moved to where, I'm, where I was moved. So it's, she knows me and I know her and she knows how to challenge me. And she, make, she knows how to make it really, really fun. So I enjoyed um, my rehab. I call it my happy hour. Your happy hour. Yes. So this is a physical therapist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the therapist for mental. Yes. Huh. I have a uh, free, free therapist. Amazing. They are my friends. Uh, <laughs> and that's probably been a really important part of your journey, right? To be yeah. able to be um, mentally strong when your body's been weak. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. I remember my friends come uh, when, I, when the doctor allowed me that I can have a break from the hospital for the uh, day pass. Mm-hmm. Marizen is one of them. She can come and pick me up. We'll just go somewhere else and then they will bring me back at, at the hospital. Yeah, so it's very, very cool. One, you probably felt like when you were in the hospital, you were like able to escape. Yes. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, uh-huh. I've, ne- I've only ever been in the hospital for one week and I remember being such a baby because I was like oh the food's so bad and the bed's not comfortable (laughs) and and then here you are for 263 days so I I guess when you could eat that all that food that they were bringing what you were probably pretty thankful for (laughs) 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 now you've mentioned um you know your 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 you've given God a lot of credit in this and so talk about how your spiritual journey has brought you through this it is uh, it is the only thing that that I can think why I'm here because I believe that every season there's a reason so 
even though it's not my favorite season, there should be a purpose. So finding that purpose in that season where I am right now, that makes me uh, stronger and go further. And my journey with God, it's it's really helping me. It's not it's not the question of why this happened to me, God. The question is who, who am I, and who is He? If I know Him, He is a strong God and a loving God, then that means that I am loved by God. If I see myself, I am a daughter of God, then I should think, I should act, I should thought just like a daughter of God. And that's what I am. I should know my position. That's why it gives me strength because I know who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. What advice can you give to our listeners who are perhaps dealing with great adversity in their life, whether it's illness or the loss of someone? What can you what can you give as advice? Just looking for, just believing that every season there is a reason, there is a purpose. So you, they should know, they should find that purpose, why they are in that season. And just love life and just love other people just like there's no more tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Because you, what you saw is what you reap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very true. What are your future plans and goals, Verna? My future plans? I want to run a marathon. Yay! And yes. so tell us what that looks like. I, I hear you're doing some fundraising. Mm-hmm. What are you fundraising for? Oh, that fundraising is yeah. done because it's I done. had yeah, it's a, I had a GoFundMe and then War Amps, they saw my <gasps> my my GoFundMe page. I didn't know this. Yeah, and someone called me for War Amps, and she said that we want to help, but. Uh, we want to give you the form of reconsideration form so I filled that up and then they reconsidered they had a meeting if I'll wait blah 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 and then after six months I thought it's gone they surprised me just like Verna you got your blades you got your blades yeah. oh my yeah, gosh baby. Paris, and you didn't tell me this <laughs> that's amazing yes, yes so for anyone who doesn't know what blades are uh, there was Olympic athlete in South Africa who I believe they called him like Blade Runner, and unfortunately, yeah. I you know he's in jail now. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was an Olympic runner on his blades, and they mm-hmm. literally look like a blade of mm-hmm. grass, but they're not. Yeah. And this is so amazing. Mm-hmm. So when can you start training? Oh, I'm start. I already, already started. <gasps> yes, that's why I go to Sheldon Schumer every Wednesday and Friday for that one. Oh my gosh! So what's what's it like wearing them? It's so cool. Is it? Is it fun? <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's fun, but it's hard to balance. Uh, okay. That's what I'm. Uh, I'm learning to balance because I cannot be uh, standing still with that blade. I have to keep moving. Oh, you have to move. Yes. So how long? Right now, I, obviously, you've probably just started training. But how long can you wear them for? Right now. Like, uh, just for, not even an hour. Okay, but yeah. up to an hour. Oh uh, yeah, I, I can I can use it longer than that. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so, what is your goal? Like, which marathon have you picked one yet, and when that might be? I really want to go to the to Hawaii. Ooh, Honolulu. Yes, Honolulu ah, marathon. Yes. And mm-hmm. when is that? December. December. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, but you have some some time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I didn't you. know that they that they had given you those. I know you were you know had started that GoFundMe page, and I mm-hmm. didn't realize that. 
oh, made my day. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Verna, knowing you and your persistence and tenacity, you will be running that marathon in Honolulu. There is no doubt in my mind. Yay. And I'll be cheering by the sidelines. So outside of running a marathon, do uh-huh. you, are there anything, any plans or goals that you have? Uh, I already started. I want to, uh, because I want to inspire other people what happened to me. And I want to impart that, that kind of life to other people as well. And just to have that hope and never give up. I want to speak to people like becoming an inspirational speaker. Um, I have a book coming up as well. You're writing a book? Uh, it's not me who writing a book, but it is my story. Someone's writing your story. Yes. Uh-huh. It's wow. a well-known author. <laughs> Yay. And when will that be done? Uh, probably that will be not this year, next year. Next year. year. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I will be reading it when it comes out. We um, had a gal on here, Jessica Jansen, and she also recently wrote a book about joy, and I pre-ordered like four of them. So mm-hmm. you let me know when I can pre-order them, and I'll be your, one of your first purchasers of your book. All right. So, Verna, share with us... Um, what you have vowed to yourself what have you promised to yourself either you know going going forward in your life or maybe something that you had promised to yourself once you know you you were lying in that hospital bed and knowing what your life was maybe going to look like that you your life has drastically changed is there something that you can share with our audience something you vowed or promised to yourself i promised to myself that i will do the purpose why i am like uh why I'm in this season, that I should do that purpose. And <clears throat> the purpose that I got uh, when I was in the hospital is to uh, to, to uh, inspire people, to show that, that there is hope, that even though it seems there's nothing, but there is. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing. So I just keep on moving forward and just showing them that there is hope, there is possibility, even though it seems that's nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, and for you to say that and for our listeners to hear that, this is coming from someone who has um, had a 2% chance of living, who is sitting here today. Mm-hmm. This is coming from somebody who has lost four of her limbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is coming from somebody who is going to be running a marathon. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's a really, I, I believe that a lot of our listeners will um, really appreciate that, Verna. Is there a charity of choice that you would like to bring to light or speak about? Um, we're, we're, we're really big about philanthropy at The Vow, and we, we want to give our um, guests an opportunity to um, put a charity in the spotlight. So is there one that you'd like to share with us today? War Elms. <laughs> War Elms. Yeah, they funded my, 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 my electric arm and then my walking legs and then my uh, running legs. I... I'm really happy with War Amps because uh, the way what they did to my running blades, it wasn't me who went to them. It was them who reached mm-hmm. out to me. So I can say that they're really doing their uh, their mission mm-hmm. to help people. Yeah, because yeah, you, yeah. had you even thought about going to them? No. You didn't? No, because they. I uh, was told by my prosthetist that uh, they only gave... Uh, the basic one okay so i have my my walking legs and then my arm and that was it yeah that's the, why they gave me that reconsideration uh, form because the blades are quite expensive aren't they it is yes yeah. it costs around thirty-one thousand. yeah 
But I just think of what that has done to your life since you found out. Like, mm-hmm. I know how much this is, was important to you. I remember chatting with you about a year ago mm-hmm. and you had said that you wanted to run a marathon, mm-hmm. you know, at that time. Mm-hmm. I just can't believe it's been three years. I feel like it's been like a year ago yeah. that we were in Phoenix and Maris and, you know, gave me, gave us that news that you were in the hospital. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to believe how fast it's gone and you're sitting here and you're yeah. happy and healthy and... <laughs> Wow. Well, so everyone, War Amps, um, again, that's the our charity of Spotlight. So if you'd like to get involved or donate, it's obviously been a huge impact in Verna's life. Uh, her book's coming out in a year or so, and mm-hmm. so please watch out for that. And I believe that your story is so incredible. And um, if anybody wants a speaker, uh, Verna is willing to share her story. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I'll just put a little plug in there. It's a business, so you're going to have to pay her. <laughs> <laughs> There's no free stories. <laughs> uh, Verna's starting vernamorzo.ca. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much, Verna, for being oh, you're welcome. Uh, you know, on our podcast and inspiring others and empowering others. the box and giving you some points that you can apply to your everyday lives. Please subscribe to our podcast, rate us. If there's any suggestions you can make or feedback, we would love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in.